Do you like books? Are you tired of reading them yourself? Are you unable to summon a student of Viscera to read them to you? Then try Audible.com. It has a better library than the Fry Corps, and it won't even make you wear kinky armor. You can wear that on your own. Head to http colon slash slash www.audibletrial.com slash breach notes. It's better than brilliance. Hello class, and welcome to Lecture Notes from the Breach. My name is Joseph, and I'll be filling in for Alex today. He has done the very unpopular outcast thing and made a bunch of friends. What an idiot. And joining me today is Flynn. How are you doing? Hello, I'm fine. How are you? Doing great. And we're going to be talking about the Resurrectionists today, something that we've both dabbled with a little bit, and Derek will join us at some point once the guild has released him from questioning. But first, have some ad break. And a quick break to throw a free shout out to Logfo, the best attempt to track the global, local, regional, and other metas for Malifaux. Located at http colon slash slash logfo, L-O-G-F-A-U-X dot com. Players can insert their factions, masters, and opponents' choices to track even casual games, but especially competitive leagues and tournaments to help figure out which master and which faction are the best. model we're going to be talking about is a new henchman for the Resurrectionist, and someone you'll be familiar with if you've been reading or playing some Through the Breach. It's Asura Roten. She has a decent defense, above average willpower. She has more wounds than soul stones that cost to hire her. He, she costs eight to gain to your crew. She has an average walk and charge. She's human height, and she has a bunch of front card abilities. The first one is Residence of Roddenberg. Friendly undead models within 12 inches and line of sight may take melee actions pr printed on this model stat card that they can only take one action printed on this model stat card per activation and cannot declare triggers so let's talk about this right off the bat this is really good this is really good especially if you're bringing a bunch of mindless zombies because any melee attack is better than theirs <laughs> anything but but even though anything is better than theirs her melee attack is actually really good, too. She's a melee 6. Yeah, both of her melee actions are accuracy 6. So let's go to her other ability. She has the Quarantine Zone. At the start of every turn, place a height 0, 50mm quarantine marker anywhere within 12 inches of this model. That We'll talk about that later, because it deals with some of her abilities. Necromantic Font. When this model activates, all enemy models within 3 inches of one or more quarantine markers must pass a target number 14 willpower duel or suffer one damage. It's kind of minor, but there are situations where something has one wound left and it basically becomes discard a card or deal one damage. Yeah, it also situations where, um, well, we'll talk about it later, but the quarantine zones, she's the only one that can deal with them. She's the only one that places them. She's the only one that removes them. So there are scenarios where you can make a zone of the board really hard to stand next to. Yep. And there's her last ability card, some people, I think, have said out loud playing against Rezzers is, there's always more zombies. At the end of this model's activation, it may discard any number of corpse markers within three to heal two damage per discarded corpse marker. So what's also referencing is the fact that mindless zombies do count as corpse markers. So you effectively yes. have meat bags following her around if she ever gets too damaged. You can just you pop one. I want to ask you something, uh, Joseph, about the that. model. 
if you're going to assemble it at some point, are you going to assemble her with the two mindless zombies that come with her on the same base? Or are you going to do as a lot of people have done and said, hey, two more mindless zombies? I have already assembled her and I have done the latter. I have two more unique mindless zombie sculpts with me. <laughs> if I were to do it, I would actually put them on the same base of her. I think yeah, you definitely have to, really cool. you definitely have to put some terrain on her base if it's just going to be her because she is a 50 millimeter model. So just having a single human on her knees pointing out into the distance, it's pretty empty looking. Yeah, it looks, so it looks some, kind of weird. Add some like cobbling, maybe a weird produced street light, and you'll be good to go. So she has two different attacks that are both melee actions, but one of them has a big range. So, but first we're going to talk about Undead Minions. It is 6 Necro, resisted by defense, range 1. Target suffers 2-3-4 damage. Increase this action's dual total by 1 for every quarantine marker within 3 inches of the target to a maximum of 2. And it so has to a, a target. And it has a baked-in trigger, Contagion. After damaging, this attack killed a living model, summon a mindless zombie in base contact with the target before it is removed the target does not drop a corpse marker so i do want to say i was going to say that uh it's two three four but she can engineer it so it goes up to four five six yeah four five six on accuracy six for a single ap is real good and, and the, fact that, not... the fact that the rest of that ability isn't part of a trigger so that means your mindless zombies are going to be having this attack as well exactly that's what i want to point out that the and not just mindless zombies any undead model yeah so any undead model basically if you don't have the dead rider you are going and you want a melee action you're going to be borrowing this yes because i don't think you're getting four five six anywhere else in resers i don't think so unless it's like I mean, at range with like a focus Seamus or something like that it takes some placing because the, the model that you're attacking has to be close to a quarantine map marker but uh on a scenarios where everyone has to go close to a spot on the board this is going to be really strong yeah and also resers has plenty of models that can manipulate where the enemy goes and then there's other models that like to keep them there so, so this is a mill you had so this attack is a melee range one let's see what the next attack is the next one is hands from below it's a melee accuracy six with a crow in it resisted by defense and it is range 10 a lot of the times you don't see melee actions that are not a has the little claw icon I think that's called a strike action, but this is a range 10 melee, and target gains the following condition until the end of its next activation, grasping hands 1. This model reduces its defense, walk, and charge by the value of this condition, and has a baked and trigger more hands. After succeeding, the value of the target's grasping hands condition is increased by 1, is within three inches of one or more quarantine markers so like i was saying that there are models that can keep things near the quarantine markers she can do that by herself also yeah yeah and also the fact that it's a melee six doesn't have a gun and it's range 10 means that your slow mindless zombie can take this to turn his summon yes absolutely other thing in your zombie's not going to be moving, but eh, that's okay. Uh, sometimes they don't. I don't want them to move. I want them to die or to annoy other people. Yeah, this could effectively it just makes a corpse marker that is able to just reduce defense and moving speed. And she has a single tactical action, a zero AP from the quarantine zone. Summon a mindless zombie and base contact with a quarantine marker, then remove the quarantine marker. 
this model does not need line of sight to the summoned model. So this seems more of a last ditch effort, uh, like Asura is going to die pretty soon and you want your quarantine markers to be useful after she's gone. So you get rid of yep. them, you get some more zombies. Yep. Or you have uh, something like corner deployment and the first turn that she activates, she is really far from anything, but she puts the marker because she can. Yeah, uh, just, walk so, just forward. so you can sort of front load some resources. Yeah, she she can, when you're summoning uh, mindless zombies, I usually use the bird for it. Mm hmm and they start appearing next turn, uh, this will help you uh, get more mindless zombies sooner. So overall, what you... do we think of Asura Rotan? Um, her cost is a little bit high, but I think she does a lot. She does a lot for the faction. I think she also does a lot to make the resurrectionist scheme runner type things. She gives a lot of life to them because they're able to take her attacks and all of a sudden, holy crap, uh, a again is coming up with undead minions and hitting for four, five, six. Uh, yeah, and I wanted to check, I'm checking my card. A Necropunk, it's also in that. So Necropunk, instead of being melee 4, now it's melee 6. Yeah, so even if it's not getting the damage increase from having quarantine markers nearby, all of a sudden you get a big accuracy bump. A melee 6 with a flurry that can do a 2-3-4 attack 3 times? Yes. I'm checking to see if you could flurry with her, because the Resonance of Rottenberg ability says you can within 10 of line of sight oh, okay. Her, okay, you can, can only, only take, take one it once. Yeah, you can only take once. So that's why okay, I'm, so you... that's why I'm thinking Kruligan would be a good choice to borrow her abilities because they're able, they take an interact action, and then they pop over to something and then they smack it. <laughs> yep, you're completely right, you're completely right. But also it's... a Necropunk may be good also just because they could leap, and they're a little bit more hardier than cruel guns. Yeah, they are. Uh, also, they're more fiddly. I like the look of cruel guns more. Okay, so next up, we have a model that's had a, certain, a, a couple different controversies around, around it for very meta reasons. It's the Kentaru. It is an 8-cost undead horror minion. It has uh, more wounds than its cost. It has a bad defense, a good willpower, a good walk, and a charge of 10 amazing and it has a height of three because it may look like a centaur but it's a really uh it's a man-made centaur it is literally some necromancer is like hey you know what i hate about my zombies they're slow let's get a horse in there i uh, you said that it has a bad defense uh i want to say its defense is better than a mindless zombie at least you know well, it's high well enough. you're not paying eight soul stones for mindless zombies either <laughs> sure sure um so i have a question for you about this model yeah. How many do I get in a box? They had a printing error for the box, and it only displays two of the sculpts. And it says there's only two in the box, but they caught it way too late, and there are three in a box. So are there three or are there two? You are getting three of these in a box, because they're going to be in a large, like, sort of like the Jorigumo, that large format box. Because these guys are big. They are big. And let's look at their front card abilities. It has Zombie Steed. When this model declares a walk action, it may target a friendly height one or two model within two inches and line of sight. At the end of the movement, place the target in base contact with this model. Hey, mobility issues solved. Uh, I have been playing on one master in Resurs and she is high three, so I'm fine. Oh well, yeah, yeah, you can't double horse. That's silly. Well, a man can wish, you know, a man can wish. <laughs> it has hard to wound one. It's par for the course. 
and has loose stitches. At the end of this model's activation, if it performed a charge action targeting an enemy model, it suffers 2 damage, places a corpse marker in base contact with itself. So that's kind of bad. It deals a flat 2 damage to itself when it makes its great charge. The good thing is you get corpse marker generation for because you want to be charging with these guys. Yes. And to why you want to be charging, let's go to their first attack action. It is Lance. It is 1 AP, melee 6 with a crow, resisted by defense, and range strike 3. So it's a really good range, and it's only a 50mm model. Target suffers 1, 2, 4 damage, or 3, 4, 6 damage if this action was generated by a charge. That is real good, and it uh, has an effect that's baked in already. So you possibly squeeze out another one or two damage. Um, what happens if you kill yourself after the charge? So I'd say that uh, you wouldn't you... kill yourself because loose stitches happens at the end of the model's activation. Yes, but do you then place two corpse markers or only one? You kill yourself and you place one. And the entire loose stitches, I believe this is how it works. The entire loose stitches ability happens all at once. So you would take two damage, place a corpse mar marker, you would die, and then place a corpse marker. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this also and it's part of their little uh lore bubble that these are known for just having like pieces of because they were so such a bad idea and horribly made that there's just chunks of flesh constantly falling off these things and they're really hard to maintain but some people think that's great because they now can just animate things whenever they need it i mean i mean uh you need to get a horse with a human yeah it looks like horse the person or... forgot about the whole like chest cavity idea as well Horse surgeons are not that good. Human surgeons do not understand how horses work. It's a huge thing. Yeah, we're talking about you, Beth. Yes, we are. <laughs> and the other melee action it has when you're not charging, it's rotting hooves. It's melee 5 with a crow, divisive by defense at range 2. Target suffers 2, 3, 4 damage. Then place this model into base contact with the target, and if you get another crow, it has the trigger rear up. After succeeding and after completing the placement, enemy models within pulse 3 has passed a target number 13 defense duel or suffer 2 damage. So if you're charging, you take the lance because it's melee 6, range 3, 3, 4, 6. Yes. If you're not charging, you have to choose between a courtesy and have a melee 6, 1, 2, 4, or melee 5, 2, 3, 4. It's a choice. You'll see a little bit later that that isn't a choice, but we'll get to it. it has two different tactical actions that are both zero ap first is gather up pieces discard target corpse marker and base contact with this model this model heals two damage so it can sort of counter loose stitches if you don't want to be if you're not focused on any corpse marker stuff at the moment or if you feel like it's too risky to have your kentaru die or if you're just in a crew that has like surplus corpse markers and you just need it to heal up that never happens exactly and it's other zero ap action which you're going to be using all the time is unconcerned about attrition this model gains the following condition until the end of the turn can't be stopped. This model may charge while engaged, so long as it does not charge a model it is already engaged with. So as long as there is, it can make a line and get to something that is within 10 inches and 50 millimeters, you can charge. Is yes, but you you are still you can still get um, disengaging a strike, can you? Yes, and that is concerning since it has a defense of four. I guess. Uh... The goal is to charge something that you are not engaged with, but that doesn't make you leave the thing you're engaged with, you know. Or you have a card ready to cheat. 
that too. Or you're disengaging from something that has a bad base accuracy. But there's not many things you're going to be charging that has melee 4. So that seems like a waste of a charge at that point. Fair enough. So what do we think about the Kantaru overall? Um, I don't know. They, they, they cost a lot. Uh, again, 8 soul stones for a minion, it's kind of expensive. But they might solve a lot of problems. They might be really good with Nikodem just because Nikodem does not want to be walking. Another master um, I know that has some synergy with it and doesn't like to walk is Molly. That too. That That's true too. I don't think you will ever need three. I don't think, you I don't think you'll ever need three either. Down. You choose the two sculpts that you like the best and you give the other one to a friend or you sell it or something. So you call or, Isaac or you, and or say... You, or you use it for bits. That too. Okay. Next one. The next model we have is the Bone Pile. By far the silliest model and sculpt that I've seen. It, it looks awesome. <laughs> it is an undead minion. It has a soulstone cost of 6. Its baseline stats are frankly kind of awful. It has a pathetic defense and willpower. It does have 8 wounds though. It has a bad walk and charge and it's height 2. It has but we'll, we'll talk about that. How, yeah, many, how many soulstones does it cost? It's 6 soulstones for this. So those baseline stats, eh. But it has some front card abilities that can change this. The first ability is Bag of Bones. Reduce all damage suffered by this model by one to a minimum of zero damage flips against this model suffer negative this model is immune to all non-slow non-scheme conditions so that is really interesting that it is a combination of super armor non-hard to wound and condition immunity yep that thing cannot be on fire it's a pile of bones that's already on fire yeah and it can't be poisoned can't be other things there's because this is technically it's like a lot of beings in one the default the default image for it it's like imagine a siamese twin with two separate necks but it comes into the same skull that just shares one big rib cage and it's just kind of weird and funny at the same time I mean, you're playing Rezards. Your models are going to look funny. Yeah, that does kind of happen. Second front card ability has is Pile On. After this model ends a walk action or unburies, it may discard a corpse marker and base contact to heal two damage. Hey, I'm noticing a theme of alternative uses of corpse markers. Yep. And its last front card ability is an extra set of, at the start of the turn, you choose one of the following bonuses, and it gains that bonus until the start of its next turn. It can have an extra set of legs for plus two walk and plus two charge. You can have an extra set of arms. Your melee attacks gain a positive twist. Or an extra set of skulls. This model counts as two models for the purposes of strategies and schemes. This model got a whole lot more versatile. That, yeah, it just got really interesting. And as it we look as... as we look through this, it's going to get even more interesting. What do you want to go say? Ahead. No, you go. No, I said that it counts like two minions for when you have to score a quarter of the table. Having pluses to attacks is always good, especially if you can borrow one from Azura, Rotten, and be at melee six. Pierce two walk, pierce two charge, you get where you want to go. Mm -hmm. You cannot do everything, but it's cost six, so it should not be able to do everything. But it can do one thing really well. Also, it's six soul stones. You can summon these guys that's true too uh, the kentaru was too high of a soulstone cost to summon by anything correct yes probably i don't see summoning an eight uh that's not true probably nikodem can summon it it's, it has two different attack actions one close one at range the first one is rusty sword it's melee five and a crow resisted by defense range two target suffers two three four it has the infect trigger it's baked in this is the this is the resurrectionist attack would you agree yes, yes. <laughs> 
I mean, it's actually good for being a predator attack. It's a melee five. Usually, it's melee four. Well, you're also paying six stone stones for this guy, or you've put some decent resources into summoning him. Yeah. You expect melee five out of him. Well, also he's going to be getting buffed some other things, hopefully. I mean, melee five that you can have a pl a positive flip for it. It's good. And its second attack is bone javelin. It's a shooting of six resisted by defense, and the range is projectile eight. Target suffers two, four, five damage. This action can only be taken once per turn, and it has a trigger on a tome pinned to the ground. After succeeding, their target gains the following condition until the end of the turn. Pinned. This model may not declare walk or charge actions. At the start of its activation, this model may discard two cards to end this condition. So, I really like that trigger if you can get it to go off. Because it's like either it. you get rid of its walk and charge or discard two cards. I, or I, you do a 245 damage. And also 245 damage, but I'm expecting it to almost always be two. Because if you're the thing you're targeting, you're probably going to want to get the trigger on, which means it's going to have an at least a defensive six, I think. Uh, that's the fact that uh, you can only take it one per turn. Yeah, Ch that also. Change a lot of how you deal with it. Do you think that you focus and shoot? Do you think that maybe you get an extra set of arms, walk and shoot? I think for the bone javelin that you will use it as a denial tool. Whereas like if this model move the enemy model moves somewhere, it'll be bad. Yep. So you'll use this as a utility and they're like you're basically telling your opponent, Okay, you're gonna need to discard two cards to do what you wanna do. And it has a single tactical action for two AP, give up the ghost. Bury this model. At the end of the turn, unbury this model in base contact with a corpse marker. If there are no corpse markers in play, this model is killed. So I see this as a really great, like, near the end of the game ability. As you give it an extra set of skulls, you have a corpse marker where you need it to be. It pops up somewhere and it counts for two. Yep, I, that's perfect. And also, it can use its pylon ability to get rid of the marker and heal too, if you're worried about it dying. Maybe he's really, really low. He's at one. Uh, you just want him to bury. Yep, I like it. So overall, I, what do we think of the bone pile? I like it. I think it's going to see play. Uh, six soulstones is that point where it's not too expensive. Um, there is a lot of competition around the five to six soulstone area for resers and minions, though. Yes, there is. That That is also true. That's why I don't think this is going to see play. I think it's way too competitive in the five, six area. Uh, the fact that, that they can go for extra set of skulls, that might be enough to see play. I think the eight wounds is also, some people are going to experiment with it. Yeah. Okay, next we have, I'm, I'm going to say it's an oddball model. It is the Gravedigger. It is a cost seven living enforcer. It's rare too. It is, has an average defense and willpower. Actually, the willpower is a little bit higher than expected. It has uh, one more wound than the cost. It has average walk, average charge. It's height two human. And it has, like all of these Reser th cards, it has a lot of front card abilities. A lot of them. And these are very integral. It feels like you need to be looking at the front and the back of this model's card all I the time. I also think that you should be looking at the artwork. This is a dude with a card, and the card seems to be full of bodies. No, that's and a I, shovel. That's an old lady. She has pearl Wait, necklaces. That's an old on. lady. Yeah. Okay. She's like a bayou woman. Oh, it still has a beard. Um, but but she has a card and a shovel. Yeah, she's literally it's bring out your dead. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> okay, her first ability is Grave Robber. When a corpse marker is placed within pulse 6, this model may push 4 inches towards the marker and discard it. If it does, it draws a card and gains the corpse barrow plus 1 condition for the rest of the game. So, hey, alternative use for corpse markers. This theme yeah. is going strong. It's going really strong. So and I just, don't like it. Just without even looking at the other corpse bearer stuff, being able to exchange a corpse marker within 6 for a card can be real good. 
Yes, that that might be right. I, I would have to experiment on it. Yeah, because but, the, the master I've been playing usually just wants corpse markers around, and she will exchange those for plus ones for damage. She will be attacking from there. Yeah, she's got those spooky sights of energy. Yeah. Second ability is Heapo Bodies. When this model is killed, place corpse markers equal to the value of its corpse spare condition and base contact with it, ignoring Grave Robber. So is you're not really getting rid of all your corpse markers if this just, gets killed. You get them back if around. you don't spend them. Yep, you're just moving them around. I like that. And its last ability on the front of the card is Wheelbarrow of Corpses. This model has the Corpse Barrow condition. Friendly models may target this model with actions as if it were a corpse marker. Whenever a corpse marker would be discarded by an action targeting this model, instead reduce the model's Corpse Barrow condition by one. And all it all comes together. This is a node for all of your corpse marker shenanigans. This lady is moving the corpses where you need them to be. Yes, and also, it, it basically puts a stat card in front of all of your corpse markers. So if someone was like, Haha, I'm playing Freycore. Die, corpses. You'd be like, nope, I got this weird person wearing a mask protecting all the corpses. Yeah, you only have the problem where you're playing against Lady Justice or something like that that makes it so you do not place corpse markers. Those abilities are very, very rare, though. They are, they are. Okay, and we got two attack actions. The first one is Shovel. It's Melee 5 with a crow into it, resisted by defense, range 2, target suffers 2, 3, 4 damage, and the trigger that's baked in is Barrow Hands. When damaging, you may layer the value of the smallest corpse bearer condition by up to 2 points to a minimum of 0. For every point lowered in this way, the attack deals plus 1 damage. I'm so, not sure if you would ever spend corpses on this attack. Probably not. Um, Especially I mean, on you, something that's accuracy 5. Well, but you decide after, right? Yeah, like, you do decide after, so you can like... If you if you're going to kill something that needs to be, die, you can make that decision for yourself. But offhandedly, if you're not killing something, I think you're never using this. You can always record the trigger, and then you may lower it, which means you don't have to. Yeah. Do you have to flip for damage first? Because it says when damaging. Uh, no, because it's referencing the damaging phase. Not it's not after damaging. Okay, so you have to decide before you flip. Uh, I think you can decide even after the damage flip, because it's still during the damage step. Oh, then that's fine. Because it, uh, it says you... when damaging. Okay, so at that point, you flip for damage, you see if you kill it. If you need two more, you go for it. It will probably place a corpse marker, and then you just pick it up. And you get a little it's push fine. out of it. Yep. Okay, and the other melee attack is Wheelbarrow Ride. It's melee 5 with a crow baked in, resisted by defense, range 2, no melee strike icon. Target an enemy model in range. Move this model up to its charge distance. At the end of the movement, place the target in base contact with this model. If the target is touching impassable terrain, it suffers 3 damage, which may not be reduced. So, you get to basically move something somewhere else and likely deal 3 damage to it. That is unreducible. So, wait, uh, let me get this straight. Could you charge something, your charge of 6, um, and take a wheelbarrow ride and then bring it back only if you had a third ap why because you, if you're initially charging something that's two ap yes but you can use any melee attack can you use your wheelbarrow right as a or does it need to be a claw oh i see what you're saying now uh it doesn't here does it have to be melee or does it have to be a claw that's a good question uh, i don't feel like opening a rule book so that's fine that's fine so if you can use melee attacks uh holy crap you're able to take someone for a real big ride yes which probably means that you have to use a, a, a claw attack like that would make sense yeah but, but that's okay just, if, just if being able to making... deal being able to deal three damage to something and you're able to get a lot of movement out of your own model and possibly put them somewhere where they don't want to be 
That seems yep. pretty good. That seems pretty good. Now, it's going to the tactical actions. He has two. Yeah, we have for a zero action. Bring out your dead. Until the start of the next turn, corpse markers within three count as friendly scheme markers. If a corpse marker is affected by two or more of these auras, it does not count as friendly to anyone. Okay, because you're going to have two of them. Sure. Yep. So, there in the other zero action is another one on the heap. Discard a corpse marker within two inches of this model to gain the following condition for the rest of the game. Corpse Barrow 1. So, okay, so if, you, if you're too far to pick it up at the beginning, you can just use a zero action. Yeah, or, yeah, that's the only use for it, is if you don't... Also, yeah, it's a May on the Grave Robber, so if you don't want to put yourself in a bad position, you want to get to it later. Use another okay. one on the heap. Fair enough. So overall, what do we think of the Gravedigger? Should have be interesting. I think in my season play, I don't know that you will ever see two of them. Um, I don't think you will ever see two of them unless someone has some sort of cheese strat that relies on having all of your course markers protected. And when one of them dies, the other one scoots over and just picks all of them up. Just so that you always have a stack card protecting them. I guess it's pretty good on um, Headhunter, right? Because if one of your models dies, it drops a corpse marker. You can just wheelbarrow near it so that there's another model now. They cannot just take an easy interact action. That is a really good tactical application of it that I haven't thought of. So it seems like this is a really good utility model. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Gonna be, it's going to be awkward, though. I think it's awkward for utility model because it's a big target. It's 50 it millimeters. 50 mil height to cost 7. And it doesn't have the usual defensive resurrection abilities. Yeah, that's true. Although because of that, it is able to have some unique places in some crews. Like you can have it go with Karai or Riva because they have some interaction with living models. His defense is okay. His power, his willpower is actually on the higher end. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll have to give it a try and, and and see. I would be interested to play with him on Riva mostly because he still counts as corpses and you can take them whenever you need them to go. Yeah. Also, there's some interesting implications for bring out your dead of just being able to suddenly all of a sudden you have a bunch of scheme markers and the opponent's like wait what no (laughs) so i I have uh, the some strategy the what i call the trap schemes this seems really good for like plant explosives and setup and stuff like that yeah we need to see how getting grounds 2018 because this model is not coming out anytime soon so we need to see how getting grounds 2018 is coming up this also seems like a really easy model to proxy though it does. There's plenty of wheelbarrow. Or actually, you don't even need, really need to use a wheelbarrow. Just like any like wheeled thing, you can put a zombie in and maybe like a shovel or a sickle or something you can farm zombies with and a person carrying it. Yeah, I you you really don't want to Google those things. After that, yeah, someone comes for you. You'll be on a couple lists. Next mall we're going to talk about is... I love the lore implications of these guys because it's so funny. The lore behind them is that uh, people are really bad at resurrecting gremlins. So... And because they released this awful, like, pu- distilled gremlin stench. So someone thought of just stitching all of the, uh, fully stitching a gremlin before they resurrect it. But the gas doesn't have anywhere to go. So it's just a big ball of undead gremlin and gas. It's called a little gasser. It's four soul stones. He's an undead gremlin minion. He has, uh, and for overall in the game, it's a bad defense and willpower, but for a cheapo resurrectionist minion, this, you know what you're getting. Yeah, for a cost for a uh, minion, minion uh, undead thing, it's okay. It has two more wounds than its cost. It has a good walk. It doesn't have a charge. It's height one. It has bloated stench, which is sort of as a semi-keyword ability you see other places. Enemy models, which deal damage to this model with a strike attack action, suffer one damage after resolving the current action. So it's some good retaliation, but he might only deal out like two damage before popping. 
He has terrible odor. At the end of this model's activation, it may make all models within Pulse 2 gain Poison 1. Okay, now we're starting to get somewhere. Especially in a, in a faction that can do things with poison, right? Yeah, and even if you don't have a master that interacts with poison, you will probably have a model of Resurrectionist crew that can do something with poison. And even if you can't do something with poison, hey, it's a damage over time. Yeah. And there is a flowing along. This model ignores penalties for severe terrain when moving, and if this model is pushed, increase the distances pushed by one. So essentially, this thing is not walking. This thing is floating. It's like, I imagine it just like bouncing along the ground like a balloon that's been slightly deflated except it's a poor little undead gremlin it's just like screaming you know the funny thing that this thing will be hiding behind a forest and then he'll say oh i'm just gonna float through the forest but then it will be hiding behind a wall and no one is gonna be able to sit but he will also not be able to go through the wall without having to jump over it he also has hard to wound which is it's really good on such a high wound cheapo model to get hard to wound on it oh uh, someone needs to paint one of these like the red balloon from it Oh, don't remind me. I, I, I went to see that movie. Wasn't it great? If you like scary movies, yes. It wasn't a horror movie. It was a thriller. That That's the only thing that saved it. <laughs> it has a single attack action. For 1 AP, you get frantic flailing. It's a melee attack with 5 and a crow, resisted by defense range 1. Target suffers 1, 3, 4 damage. And hey, like a lot of things we've been talking about, it has infect, and it's already baked in. So you can get some reliable extra damage in. Or the other trigger, which is also baked in, this was a terrible idea. If the target is killed by this action, it counts as having been killed by the poison condition and not by this model. So you can, if you're pretty sure that the opponent has a scheme that is reliant upon you killing their model, or even if there's a strategy that's reliant upon, like, characters dying to other models, you can just be like, uh, no, he just died to this gremlin just leaking some gas on him. Totally didn't do it. Yep, it wasn't it. And then the I don't know, we, Go ahead. We need to see how Getting Ground 2018 comes along. Um, one of the changes that some people may have seen is Frame for Murder, where the thing that kills you needs to be more soulsome than you to score the extra point. So I don't know how useful this thing is to work around it, because it's a soul is a cost four. But it might be interesting for some reasons. I just don't see it right now. Okay, and it's zero AP tactical action is pull my finger. It needs a seven to go off. It is range pulse two. All non-gremlin models in range must pass a target number 15 willpower duel or suffer two damage. Damage. And on a crow, it has sufficient thrust. After resolving, push the model two inches in any direction. So you need the seven for this thing to go off. You need a seven for the possibility of two damage and for everything in two inches around it that isn't a gremlin. Which so, is the reason that this thing cannot charge. Yes. What do you think about these little guys or Joseph, do you think you will see the table? I think you'll definitely see just like one into a couple crews as like an alternative scheme runner or as something that is able to do a little bit more than what you expect also this thing looks like a, an excellent summon yeah it is super cheap if you do a nikodem summon it's going to come in with three wounds and so no one else can summon it can they <laughs> perfect okay Let's move on it's, it's going to be coming in with three wounds and it's only four soul stones so it's not going to take that expensive of a card you can keep your big cards for like your necro punk no not your necro punks for your punk zombies and stuff like that and the last model is you know how every wave they have one spirit model that just seems to just kind of not fit yes but well, kirai does need friends yeah kirai needs friends and she needs to validate her existence as the box even though she's a good master her box is just awful 
We have the Lampad. It is a seven soul stone undead enforcer spirit that is rare three. And now you want weird looking models. This is a weird looking model. It is a weird looking model because it's a aquatic, but it's a, a spirit, but it also has a corporeal form, but it's also on fire. Yep. Have all sorts of conflicting paint schemes you can go with here. And you know what that thing is? This what thing is, is what happens if Carlos Vasquez dies. <laughs> He just accidentally emulates himself and he's just like, uh. Yeah, he just feels on fire and now it's a spirit. He makes a really bad pun. Uh, we have a defense and willpower are slightly above average. We have equivalent wounds to soul stones, which is kind of a disappointment looking at the rest of the models we've talked about. Walk and charge are the same, slightly above average, and a tight two. We have a lot of front card abilities, but, well, they're really simple. We'll get to them. They are. They are. We have fuel for the fire. When an enemy living or undead non-peon model within range 10 of this model is killed by the burning condition, this model may discard a card to summon a lamp pad into base contact with the enemy model before it is removed from play. Oh, this, yeah. The only thing that's keeping this from really re being really, really, really scary is that getting access to burning is really hard in a Resurrectionist. That, and is that it's rare three. Yeah, and also the rare limit is there to stop you from going ham on summoning these guys because it also is enforced for the number of them in existence on the table at one time. Yeah, and also I was thinking if you have two of them and a model dies within 10 inches of bow, technically you'll be able to summon two, but not because it's rare three. So this yeah. fixes some things. It does, and also it feels like you're going to have to murk out in order to get good access to burning for this. Yeah. But try to find something that isn't the Frey Core Specialist, because it's still bad. <laughs> we have Immolating Aura. Other models ending their activation within three gain burning one. Hey, you can get some burning there. Yep. It's just they have to willingly end their activation within three of this guy. So you're, you have to get things stuck in melee is what we're saying. It has Serakonar's Plight. Reduce the damage this model suffers from the burning condition to zero. This so, thing has to be an upgrade on Carlos Vasquez. Here it's just default. Well, if you have him in Arcanus, he is able to heal from his burning. Yes. Which is way more useful than it's pseudo-immune to burning. It still takes the burning condition. It just does day damage from it. It has two attacks. The first one is a melee melee called burn with me it's melee six with a tome resisted by defense range two target suffers one two three damage and gains burning one and on a tome that's baked in it is stoke the flames which it's effectively it's burning infect is what it is yeah it's it's not just baked in you could have an extra tome and give it burning three right because by default you give it burning one uh with the tome that you have built in you give it burning two if you had the third you had the second tome it could be burning three Exactly. And also, you've seen this trigger on other Arcanist models, like Karis and Carlos. So yes. that's a really good trigger. And on a crow, Embrace. After succeeding, the target gains the following condition until the end of the turn. Embraced. This model may not declare walk actions while engaged. So hey, you know how I was saying sometimes you just need to get something stuck in melee? Find a crow. The, uh, if you haven't spent them all already, or you haven't spent any, because all your actions have them baked in. Yes, and also remember, if something cannot walk away from your lamp pad, it will be burning plus one at the end of the turn. Yep, it's going to have a lot of burning. And then its other attack we have is Exhale Flame. For 1 AP, it is casting on a 6, resisted by defense, with projectile 8 as the range. Target suffers 2, 3 blast, 4 double blast damage. All models damaged by this action gain burning 1. So, the board is going to be on fire. Yeah, the board this is a really reliable way to get burning uh, onto multiple things and it's going to be the way to go if you're setting yourself up 
for multiple lamp pad summons is that you you don't want to get the direct kill with this because you with the timing i don't think you will be able to get the summon off of things you kill directly with this damage yeah you should you should make it so it doesn't die by damage but doesn't die but dies by burning exactly and it has a single tactile action uh there's a zero action hovering flame is a it requires a well it's a simple walk duel that requires wait hold on yeah it's it's, it's a simple duel that you need a, you need a seven for you need a seven but yeah it's just it's just i'm really confused by it because it says walk six target number three 13 and i'm like what okay push this model up to six inches in any direction ignoring models during the push at the end of this movement any model that this model moved through during the push gains burning one this is why the model doesn't have incorporeal yes so you can turn into a flame and go whoa i'm a ghost and i just passed through you i didn't I mean, have you sex can, with you i just made you burn you can pass through them you ignore models during the push yeah so this will be a good way to get some initial burning going as well yeah. but oh. it also it's so overall, what do you think this of this model? Because I have some mixed opinions. I so talking of the model by itself, the model seems good. I don't know if it's worth seven soulstones. Um, it's on the expensive side. However, if you can kill enough things with fire, you will be bringing two more models that are also worth seven soulstones. So that's fourteen soulstones on top of whatever you started with. You can charge something. You can do some damage to it, and then you can push six inches back because it's a zero tactical action. It's good. It's a spirit, meaning that you it can be summoned by some people, and it's a spirit, meaning that some other people can use it for things. Now I like this because we have not gotten to upgrades yet it's also undead which means that nico can summon it yes that's true too um i like it i like the idea of getting out of burning on the board i feel like the seven soulstone cost is is, is it has it's worth it has it has a hiring cost of seven because you need to extract some value from it it's like a down yeah. payment of you're yeah. like like no it's an investment of putting in the seven soul stones you're like okay i need to get at least one extra lamp pad out of this or else yeah, I, I don't just, know if... or i just blew a couple soul stones on a model that didn't do when needs i to don't do. know if one of them it's cost seven soul stones i think that on the seven soul stone is both fake the fact that he can summon more things and it's also a summon tax otherwise you could just summon it and and get even more from it right yeah but i i think this is one of the models that if you buy one you're gonna buy three and if you buy, if you own one, you're going to bring three to the tournament with you. And also, uh, it might, one thing that worries me also, it doesn't have the usual resurrection as defensive stuff. No, it's, it's, it's also, fire. well, no, it's like defensive traits. It does have hard wound. It does have incorporeal. Okay. It doesn't have incorporeal. So those wounds are going to evaporate fast. Yes. There are only seven and they'll go fast. And he doesn't have any heal built in. So, if, and if someone, if I see this across the table, I'm going to prioritize it because I don't want me to possibly ignore this and be like, oh, my opponent just summoned 14 soul stones of stuff with only having to discard some stuff and they also kill my stuff during it. Well, sh I think it's a fantastic thing if you're playing against Rezzers and they summon a lot of mindless zombies. You just exile flames and catch a bunch of them in fire. Uh, Non-peon. Uh, when I'm living... Uh, Non-peon. Okay, fair enough. You're right. So it has to well, be some, like, either, like, a cheap summon or a cheap O model. It's still interesting, but we'll see. Okay, and let's give you an ad break before we talk about the upgrades for the Resurrectionist Masters. Our host and sugar daddy, Midwest Wargaming, is the best website on the the entire internet for hobby wargaming in the Midwestern United States. With articles from a diverse group of tabletop generals and a few confused experts, you can find articles on painting, playing, and mastering a variety of popular wargames, especially War Machine, Infinity, Guild Ball, and our favorite, Malifaux. Come check it out, and if you find yourself with something to say on any wargame at all, 
reach out and we'll help you find your own soapbox at http colon slash slash www period midwest wargaming period com And welcome back. We're going to talk about the new upgrades for the Resurrectionist Masters. So first we're going to be talking about McMorning or Dufresne, whoever is tickling your funny bone quite literally at the moment. So the first upgrade we have is Test Subjects for a single soul stone. This model gains the following abilities. Test Subjects. Crews led by this model may hire up to four non-gammon models with the academic and or beast characteristic they're not the crew's declared faction. Whoa, this is opens up a lot of possibilities. It does. I've been using it to take some academic models from Arcanus to run and bring a bunch of living models as well to run basically in our fake Arcanus list where Dufresne acts as just a big beater for the crew and the academics interact with each other for cool stuff. So which one do you bring? Do you bring um Oxfordian mages, Amina Naidu, um I bring Amina Naidu and I bring uh, a Shastar Vidya and okay. and let's see I think there's one more. Oh and also I like bring a, a single Freycore librarian. They're academic. Okay, yeah, they are. And also, you get the ability of the Doc's Improvements. When a friendly academic or beast model activates within 8, it heals 1 damage. So, hey, you get regen on your academics and beasts. I think that's going to be way more important to the beasts, because a lot of beasts have really bad defense. They're beasts. What was that? That they are beasts. Beasts. But do you expect them to have good defense, too? I expect them to maybe live a little bit, but also, a lot of the beasts we see in Malifaux are hilariously large and mutated. Yeah. So you might be seeing like a saber to Cerberus, which one of the things that is bad about the Cerberus is that it gets chunked down rather quickly after it kills something. So it getting some heals in is probably good. So what do you think of this upgrade? I don't. I haven't played enough my morning to see the the usefulness of it, but I think you have, right? Like how how have you been using it? Do you like it? I think this is if you're not bringing like an undead themed crew and you're not. It, awfully stricken with the poison theme this is like a must take and you can still do the poison theme if it feels like you want to bring more uh living models because some of the academics you bring will also interact with living specifically i mean and i do like she can protect living models near her so yeah, you bring a bunch of living people she's able to reduce damage on them and you're able to safely do shenanigans Mark Morning also seems the one that usually likes to go up front and start killing things. Yeah, because you're going to be healing off of your melee attacks up to 5 per swing. And you're usually going to be getting 2 swings at minimum damage 2. So, yeah, you're going to be healing yourself back up, and also there's a good initial cash. He, uh, so Amina Naidu can help keep him alive, right? Uh, I, th I think it's non-master living for her. Okay. So the other upgrade we have for McMorning to take is Guild Coroner. This model gains the following ability, Time of Death Before I Got Here. After killing an enemy model with a strike action, place a friendly ski marker in base contact with a different enemy model within 12 inches and in line of sight. This model may then take a zero action printed on this card. It also gives you two zero tactical actions. We get Paid by the Body. It's a cast action that requires a six and it's range pulse three. Discard all corpse markers within range. Carry two corpse markers discard in this way. Add one soul stone to this crew's pool or corpse retrieval duty. Discard target corpse marker within three inches of this, of this model to draw two cards and then 
then discard a card. I think this is really good if you're not using your corpse markers for anything else. Does McMorning want to use his corpse markers for anything else than this and bringing dead chihuahuas? Uh, yeah, because you might want to be uh, summoning some canine remains and with them, and you might also want to be using them for your other models. Because all of a sudden, there's a lot of models and resers now that aren't masters that can deal with your corpse markers in very helpful ways, as we've talked about some of the more recent ones. So do you think that, that you could bring this with you? Have you have you given it a try? Because I know you have given a try to test subject. Have you given it a try to guild I haven't corner? tried guild corner yet, but I feel like I would bring it if I brought enough, if I neglected uh, corpse marker interaction with other parts of my crew, or if I'm focusing on corpse marker generation, I know there's going to be a surplus. Okay. So one thing you're going to notice about all these upgrades that these are going to feel very side grade ish, and it's just introducing new ways to play the masters. And I feel like these upgrades definitely brought a new way to play McMorning than the usual. <laughs> For the guild side wing morning, a lot of people play him as just a tactical obey master. Mm -hmm. It just happens to be also an excellent beater. And on the resurrection side, he is a poison bomber that has occasional summoning. I like the, that they are changing how some masters work by, by using different upgrades. I think it's it's a really interesting idea, especially for some masters that may not have seen play in a while. Uh -huh. So next, we're going to talk about the new Seamus upgrades. We have AKA Sebastian Baker. And the reason for that is that that's his alias he goes by when he's not skulking among the resers. He gains the following abilities. My lovelies. This model may have to four non-totem living showgirl models regardless of faction. Showgirl models hired in this way permanently lose the living characteristic and gain the undead characteristic. This opens up new possibilities again. A lot of them. Yeah, so you're able to take a big handful of stuff from Arcanus and Oiran. Poor, poor Oiran. <laughs> I mean, showgirls are showgirls. They then. I'm just saying that because Oirans are bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you're probably going to, the options available to you. You can take. Well, the thing is, it's hard for me to remember the actual names because I I own the Nightmare Crew, but I don't own the normal Colette Crew. So you can take the Corifees. You can take. You can't um, take the Corifees because they aren't living. They are living. Corifees are not living, so you cannot take them with my lovelies. Oh, okay, perfect. Otherwise, that was gonna be probably an issue. Uh, yeah. You can take you can take the performers. Yeah, you Those can take are the performers. Living. You can take Carlos Vasquez. Uh, is he a minion? No, it doesn't need to be a minion. Nope, it just has to be non-totem. Non-totem. Then you can also take the ice dancers. Yeah, you can't take ice dancers. You can. You can take Cassandra, and you can take um. Angelica. Angelica. And that's all of them. That's all. That's all of them. Yes. Yeah, I tried doing Carlos using this. I found out Carlos is nowhere near survivable if he doesn't have his stunt double upgrade. That yeah, that made makes me sense. really sad. There's also another uh, zero action that you get with this upgrade, isn't it? Well, there's another ability I haven't talked about called yes. their biggest fan. When this model uses as a rise my sweet action, it may summon a living showgirl model instead of a bell model. The summon model permanently loses living and gains undead. So hey, you can summon performers. You can. That's a lot of poison. Yep, and the zero action you get is confuse the trail it requires a five it's range 12 place a friendly scheme marker anywhere in range and base contact with a piece of terrain this seems real good yep especially for someone who likes to jump from place to place 
yeah, you can not only use the ski marker in combination with it, some other upgrades by placing it close to you, or you can place it far off in order to just get some advancement on your schemes and strategies. So what do we think about, I think this is an excellent example of alternative play strategy for Seamus, and you might be wanting to, be, to focus more on his summoning with this, and get, guaranteeing a kill and getting a course marker so you can get a performer and start doing all sorts of shenanigans with multiple performers. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking how you would play Seamus with this. You could turn him into a poison bomber because, because performers have an expunge and performers can also with their melee attack can inflict a lot of poison. So yes. you bring some other things that can inflict some poison. Maybe you just automatically bring in some bells to pull things in closer and ta-da! You have a poison bomb. Okay, and the other upgrade we have are do you know who I am? Hey, you're Sebastian Baker. We all knew that. <laughs> And he, he gains the following ability, Create Fear. Once per turn, when an enemy model within 6 inches passes a horror duel, this model may deal 2-3-4 damage to it. If this ability deals severe damage, this model gains the following condition until the end of the game. Infamy 1. Horror duels generated by this models have plus 1 target number to a maximum of plus 3. That's pretty good. This seems like it combines really well with what people have been using as the default Seamus build of Horror Duel Seamus. Yep, that makes sense. And it also gives them the following tactical collection for 0 AP. Boo! It's a willpower 7 with a crow. You need to hit a 15. It's range pulse 3. All enemy models within range must pass a target number 12 horror duel. And with the built-in trigger, you can run. After succeeding, you may push any models that pass the resulting horror duel a number of inches equal to 2 plus the value of your infamy condition. So this, you get to sort of control where they're running to and possibly where they get paralyzed to. Yes, and you also can force them to pass another hurdle and in case they want to pass it, two, three, four on them. So, you know. So, in a way, you can turn this into a damaging ability. Yes, you can You can if your opponent actually wants to pass the hurdle. And if it also creates a, even if you're using it against one model, you can give them the situation of, hey, if you don't pass the horror duel, do you, or do you want to pass the horror duel? Because either I deal damage to it, or it gets paralyzed. So, what yep. do we think about the Seamus upgrades? I really like both of them. I, I like both of them. Um, I think the first one plays a little, like, like, really, really different. Yeah, you're, so you're not going to take these on the same Seamus. Oh, no, but, but like, the first one, you're not going to take it with the, with the ways that people have been playing Seamus. I think that the first one changes a lot how people have been playing Seamus. The second one is going to change the upgrades you put on Horrible yes. Seamus. Yes. Okay. I see the second one being taken more, uh, at least at the beginning, because it doesn't change exactly how Samus wants to play. Like, it changes how he does things, but not what the crew is doing. Yeah. I'm going to take the first a lot also, just because my primary faction is Arcanus. So yeah, I got, you I got all the models I need. Okay, now let's go for Molly. And Molly gets some very, very flavorful upgrades. The first is back on the job for two soul stones. She's Molly working again. Yep, she's doing some writing. She gets the ability thorough investigation. After both crews are deployed, you may look at all of the opponent's unrevealed schemes. If any schemes have any associated variables, such as a named model, the opponent does not need to disclose those variables. This does not reveal the schemes. This is a this real is... powerful. You eliminate one of the defining aspects of Malifaux. Yep. That's... And the, she also gets a tactical action that I just love the name of for 1AP. Jinkies, a clue. Discard an enemy scheme marker within six inches. If you do so, draw one card. This action may not may be taken once per turn. I think this is such a powerful upgrade. From now on, whenever something happens, you have to say Jinkies. <laughs> Jinkies, an upgrade. Jinkies. 
<laughs> Jinky is an undead horror I summoned. <laughs> I think that I think that I actually think that this this um upgrade together with another upgrade for guilt, but it's not the time to talk about that, change how the game is played a lot. Because it, it removes all that step of I will keep my scheme secret. Honestly, if you go into a game and you and it's one of those games where the pool is really diverse. You may just want to take Molly with this upgrade to know what the hell your opponent is doing. Yeah, and also if your opponent has done some scouting, they may purposefully choose schemes that have variables. So they have some secrecy left on their side. Yes. And then your deduction game becomes a lot simpler. Yeah. So you have Frimper Murder, right? I'm going to have to realize who is it on. Yes. Yeah. And the other upgrade she gets is Forgotten Items. For two soul stones, this model gains the following ability, Lost and Found. This model uses the ones left behind action to summon a model. Summon model may prevent one damage for every enemy scheme marker within three pulse of it instead of prevent damage for enemy models within three pulse of it and things i almost remember when this crew reveals a scheme you draw two cards i think this is the alternative playstyle upgrade for molly yes yes there's no doubt in that one um having the 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 models not take damage like change how they take damage changes a lot of things it does and it discourages your opponent from doing anything where like lumping up scheme markers in order to redistribute them or lumping up scheme markers in order to dispend them later for their own abilities because all of a sudden you're just like oh i have a great summoning nexus boop 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 yep enjoy the punk zombies i gave you and it also doesn't remove the scheme marker no it doesn't means so, that she, she can do it more than once in the same turn yeah it just right? yeah it's just limited to the cards you can put out for it because it is one of those typical summoning upgrades where you need resources to dump into it oh yeah and also i'm not that much of a fan of things i almost remember of drawing two cards when you reveal a scheme i'm not a big fan of that why it feels like it's it feels really minor of an ability although the thing is yeah i think the thing that i just reminded of is the resurrectionists don't get a lot of card draw it does help her with card draw it also probably make some of the schemes much obvious to pick up right like if you're getting this upgrade i don't know if you want to take undercover entourage because you are not going to get any benefit yeah. from this this is a giant what? tell to your opponent or you could play the psychological game. Exactly. Like, you may take your undercover. opponent automatically assumes you're going to be taking schemes you can reveal on turn one or two. When really, you've taken an endgame scheme. In which case, you paid part of two soul stones to say, gotcha. Yes. And everyone knows that saying gotcha is the best part of the game. Saying gotcha is the kick in the nuts of Malifaux. Which is why we all play Molly for. Exactly. So you can not be an idiot. So I really like the Molly upgrades, aside from that single part of Forgotten Items. I think Forgotten Items is a little overcosted, but I like that it's an alternative play style. It is. And I we, we keep saying it. Every every master gets an alternative play style. Okay, next we're going over to Nikonem, who didn't need help at all, but he, here's some alternative play style stuff for him. We have Circling <laughs> Buzzards for a single soul stone. He gains the ability Buried Corpses. After determining initiative on the first turn this model may discard any number of cards for every two cards it discards place a corpse marker on the center line at least eight inches from any other corpse marker uh this is one of those whole breaking the rules of malifaux thing happening <laughs> i i love that upgrade because it's you're already doing some uh pitching cards because that's what nikodem does a lot of on the first turn anyways you get rid of the bad cards so you can get access to the good ones so you can do all your summoning and also you're 
just you already have your corpses set up for you. You get two of them to start. So you yeah. don't have to go through the whole process of like, okay, I have to hire a dude. I have to give them corpse split. They have to rip out their spleen on turn one and all that stuff. I mean, you're still going to do that. But now you're going to, your mahaha is going to bring a lot of people or manila zombies, however you're going to call those things. And you also gain the following tactical action. is for when a Pete for the birds. It's a cast six and a crow with a target number 14 range eight. Summon a vulture in the base contact with target corpse marker, then discard the marker. Any friendly non-vulture totems are sacrificed. And if you get a ram with it, you get something left behind. After succeeding, place a scheme marker in base contact with the summoned vulture. I think this is really valuable because I think the vulture is a really good totem for Nikon that you should always take. It is. And it dies easily because your opponent wants to kill it. And also when it dies, you get a corpse marker. Just in case. Well, just in case. And also you're going to be carrying a corpse marker with it. So you're able to basically deposit two corpse markers where you need them. And I think part of this upgrade is also just the functionality of being able to... You're able to transport that imaginary corpse marker by it turning into a vulture. And also you're going to be able to carry other corpse markers. Because part of Nikodem's problem is the initial slow that is on models that aren't close to him when he summons them. Mm -hmm. So now you're able to get them much farther away to where that slow isn't going to impact them as much. Oh, I'm pretty sure that right now you have um, you have a Kentaroi that will pick up your buddy, will pick up um, Mortimer and will take him up the field. You got, Mortimer, I, know, I, know, I know a great popular alley where you can rip your spleen out then. Mortimer will rip his spleen out and then he'll use his shovel and you could probably have chucked two or four cards. So at this point you have about four corpse markers by the center of the board. That's also ignoring that if you have, well no, you can't charge with Kentaro that turn because you're also walking to Yeah, you're, you're just walking. Well then you're also going to be charging with the Kentaro, which I think is going to be a great inclusion for the Nikodem crew. Oh yeah, yeah that's, there's no doubt that, that those things are going to happen. The other upgrade that Nikodem gets is their last breath. For two soul stones and then if this model is attached to nikodem this model gains the following ability superior undead when another friendly living resurrectionist model is killed within this model's line of sight it is not killed and instead heals all wounds attached this upgrade to the model without reading the rest of this upgrade you think this is the most overpowered thing ever yes if if the if that way is obscure this would be a super overpowered if you ever now, see this upgrade missing the bottom half something's up <laughs> <laughs> now, that being said, there are not those many. I don't know how many living would I take on Rezzers. Well, there's also, there's a few models in Rezzers also that have the undead and the living keyword. Yes. And also there are some powerful living things you might want to merc in. That could, that could be, that could be an option. Like, hey, you, you don't want Hannah to stop her rampage? Here, become undead. <laughs> I'm looking oh, for the no, card. Never mind. Never mind. It doesn't work that way a living resurrectionist model. You know who is living and will probably die. Is it going to be Anna Lovelace? No, it's going to be Mortimer. Because I just told you that Kentaroi takes Mortimer to the middle of the board. Oh yeah, and, and he rips out his spleen enough to where he dies and he's like, hey, you're uh, not done ripping your spleen out yet. And you know what? He can still take his spleen out even if he's dead. Yep. They still work. And it, but the other part of this upgrade, if this upgrade is attached to a non-Nikodem model, it cannot be discarded and gains the following ability. Decaying 2. This ability loses the living characteristic and gains the undead characteristic. This model cannot heal damage per, more damage per turn than the value of this ability. When this model activates, it suffers plus 2 damage, which may not be reduced, ignored, or prevented. At the end of the turn, increase the value of this ability by exactly 1. So it gets a big damage over time effect on it. Yeah. So so there's a reason it's their last breath. 
you're probably only getting one or two more activations out of them, and that's it. I mean, I'm looking at, at Mortimer in particular, right? And he has 11 goons, and he has region 1. So he'll be taking 1 point of damage every time it activates. Well, it starts at 1, because you get more decaying as the game goes Yeah. On. So it's going to be yeah. 1, 2, 3. Which means he might be able to squeeze out a third activation, but also you might be he might be ripping his own spleen out. So he has even yeah. less time left. That is true. I, I don't see... I, I see taking the first one, taking Circling Buzzards a lot. I don't see taking their last breath a lot. There's going to um, be some cheese crews that use their last breath. Sure. And I think that's the only time you're going to see it. Sure. There's going to be someone who believes that higher the is worth it and just wants to bring him around and wants to give him a hard to kill. Not even a hard to kill. Uh, you kill me now, I come back. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that might just... Sometimes that just swings the game all of a sudden you have something back at full wounds they're able to keep on ticking next we have karai with her. Uh, i see so little of her so let's see what this gives her first upgrade for one soul stone vengeance will be mine this model gains the following ability holds a grudge enemy models within six of this model do not remove the adversary condition at the end of the turn this seems like a really great like sorry beater karai because adversary yes. buffs a lot of attacks on your spirit models yes but it also means that karai needs to be within six inches of whatever is being attacked well in that case it seems like you're also taking the upgrade that gives her the big scissors so you're also going to be able to do something in melee um alternative play styles alternative play styles (laughs) sure that's what you're gonna call it kirai is not her defense is not that good she's somewhat survivable but not as survivable as other reser masters yeah that's what i meant uh, she might die if she's too close to the front line. She has another upgrade for a single soul stone called Ectoplasm. This model gains the following ability. Ectoplasm. If a friendly non-peon spirit is killed or sacrificed during this model's activation, this model may place a scheme marker and base contact with the model before it is removed from play. And Spiteful Wrath. Friendly Satian models are considered to have the undead characteristic for the purposes of the malevolence ability and may be affected by the effects of burst generated by friendly master and totems so now it's I'm, an interesting upgrade that is a really interesting upgrade because you're able to purposefully kill off your own models with her summoning in order to get some ski markers down and also your station all of a sudden have some more viability with them and also i'm thinking there's some certain undead buffs that are going to be useful for the station now like i'm thinking asura row 10 with some station in addition to some mindless zombies i'm also thinking about chill bearers because when they die the first time they become spirits yeah and at cost six they're actually good like they do a lot of work yeah they they are deceptively tough because they get they get a hard to kill in the middle of their stat line basically yes and then they can get you a they will probably get your soul stone back so even though they are cost six they're cost five so what do you think about these new karai upgrades i don't like the first one because i don't think that karai should be in the front line but i think the second one is real interesting i, I think, think that being you got it. I, I think that being able to use your station and being able to use the spirits to drop ski markers is kind of a double-edged shirt because you, your opponent wants to your opponent wants to kill your things your, your opponent wants to kill ikirio your opponent wants to kill your station and every time that he kills something you just drop a ski marker Okay, so now the new hotness, Riva. She's getting more resources because <laughs> apparently the weird designers need to inflict more wrath on the meta. Why not? The first new upgrade she's getting is a single soul stone and it's limited. So you are really forcing yourself to go a different way. It's called Spectre. You are. You're a Spectre of Death. 
This model gains the following ability, Spectre of Death. When performing an attack, if this model is not engaged, it may draw a line of sight and measure range for cast actions from friendly spirits within 8 inches and line of sight. If it does, the attack deals minus 1 damage to a minimum of 0. This ability is ignored when determining engagement. And this model gains the following trigger when it's ethereal reaping action, Corpse Light. After killing a living enemy target, summon a Satian into base contact with this model. Hey, she's been hanging out with Karai and maybe doing her job better than her now. <laughs> I it is limited, right? Which which affects a lot. Yeah, affects the fact that you, you are no longer the... like super nuke Ariba. No, you are. You are. <laughs> okay. Um, I was not taking Beyond Death, and I was only taking uh, Geysers of Death because of the candle that you get to plop on the middle of the of the board. Oh yeah, that's another breaking Malifaux rule. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> but but you can t pick Spectre of Death instead, and you can bring a, a a crew that's made out of spirits, a crew that um can have Gordios on it, can have things that are incorporeal are harder to kill, um, and you can use them as, as corpse markers, right? I think it's interesting. I don't know if people are going to be picking it, but I think it's interesting. The minus one is not a huge deal on a master like Freeva. Yeah, because it gives her a ton more options for attacks, so there has yes. to be some minor penalty for it. On a master that has a 3-4-5, minus 1 means 2-4-2-3-4. Uh, so now her, her her attack becomes average now. Yes, exactly. Now her attack is average. And I think you're going to be using it this method of her attack mainly to get triggers. Yes. And it's yes. going to be in places that you're normally not planning to reach. Because a lot of the spirits also have the aren't hindered by the mobility issues the rest of Resurrectionists have. Yeah, having corporeal makes things really easy. And also a lot and corporeal and spirit models just have tricks for movement. Like I'm thinking of the uh, the spirit bats, whatever they're called. Um, yeah, I know the ones you mean. I am but actually thinking on the one we night saw terrors, today. On... That's what they're called. I was thinking about the new one that's coming. The the one that we said had um on, that was on fire. Oh, the lamp pad. Yeah, the lamp pad. Uh, because the lamp pad it's a spirit that went to more spirits. That might be interesting. That might be a way to go. Mm -hmm. Because when the spirits die, they do not drop a court marker, which makes her um usually when you play Riva, you want things to die so she can start using the corpse markers. So now when things die, do not drop this court marker, so she loses angles. With a lamp pad, she just keeps getting more. Yeah. Also with that zero action movement it has it's able to open up a lot more angles for you. Yes, yeah, it is. Okay, the other upgrade she gets is also a drastic playstyle change for her. You get oh, the yeah. following ability, Terrifying Charge. When this model declares a charge action targeting an enemy model, that model must immediately pass a target number 12 horror duel. So you're like, okay, I'm charging things now, as Reva. This is weird. Yeah, almost as she she already was charging things, right? Uh, sometimes. A lot of time you're just staying safe and just reaping from afar. Sometimes, yes. Yeah, so when you need it to, you charge, but now you have an incentive to charge. And you also get the following tactical action for a zero AP on horses snorting fire. It's a cast action, the six in a crow with a target number 14. Place a blast marker touching every corpse marker in play regardless of line of sight. Every enemy model touched by one or more blast markers must succeed on a target number 12 walk duel or gain burning two. And if you get a tome, there's a trigger as they ride on hear their cry. After succeeding, every model with the burning condition must pass a target number 10 horror duel. This seems like a gotcha. 
So you need an eight for these to go off. Yeah, you need an eight. Um, and, and that's a, a high card. Yeah, and a tome. Which does she need... already use tomes for stuff? Uh, no, she oh. usually has all the buildings that she wants already built in. Okay. She wants to use growth. On my opinion. Um. So she needs an eight of tomes, and now everything will have to take a TN12, and if they fail it, they will be burning too. Which means if they fail it, now they're gonna take a TN10 horror duel. So they either spend cards to not take the TN12 walk duel or they have to spend it to pass the tn10 that's a lot of cards yeah it is forcing a lot of cards but it requires that initial card on you and having enough corpse markers around the field in order to get set up to be useful yes or you could just gotcha your opponent can forget about corpse marker and have like five models near it that can get in a blast marker and they immediately they kick themselves in the nuts because they didn't deserve to have this done to them and let's remember that you're reserves so all your mindless zombies can't discourage marker and on this wave we just had a lady that brings more mindless zombies with her and we also have a model that wants things to be burning huh i and see we a also here and we also have a model that carries around a bunch of corpse markers with them yep okay so what do we think of the upgrades for reva i like them i like, I like them a lot I, I like them but they're not immediately useful to people that have been uh cheesing the usual reva but if you wanted if you are tired of chocolate try strawberry this, this feels like these are what these upgrades are. You know like, what? It's I a different feel... flavor, but still good. You know what I feel the specter of that is? What is it? We need to sell the Kirai box, and the upgrades for Kirai, they're not good enough. So let's just. <laughs> let's also that. sell them a Reva box. Wait, yes. they already own Reva boxes. We got all these Kirai boxes still. <laughs> exactly. Okay, and. As are all of the newish masters, they are all getting new upgrades for the emissaries to go with them. So the giant crowbird emissary is getting Conflux of the Reaper. You can only use it if Reva is your leader. And he gains the following ability, carrying a corpse. Friendly models may count this model as a corpse marker when performing actions. Each time a friendly model does so, this model suffers two damage. If the action discards the corpse marker, discard this upgrade after resolving it. So it seems like you're not going to be using the discard option unless you are done using the tactical action that's already on it. I think the tactical action is pretty decent. What is the tactical action? The tactical action is for zero AP carry on feeder. Target a corpse marker within 10 inches and discard a card. Place this model into base contact with the target corpse Marker. If the discarded card was a crow, you may push the corpse marker up to three inches in any direction. So you're able to get your carry-on emissary exactly where you need them. You're able to move a corpse marker a little bit if you spend one of your precious crows. And all you have to give up for it is not using his other zeros. I mean, something that happened a lot when you play Reba is like, uh, I cannot see that corpse marker because that corpse marker is high two and there is something in the middle that does not let me to sit. Well, you just got a corpse marker that's height three you yeah, just you got you just got a corpse marker that can teleport itself forward it's height three it's fantastic and, and, and if the, you're if you're winning the strategy he's healing himself yes i like it i as i've told you more than once and i probably have said on the cast at least once i play an emissary event every other month in which we are we have a 50 soulstone pool press emissary press upgrade so for ah. resurrection for resurrectionist meta cruise this is just you have 10 free soulstones Yes. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> It, that was the reason I started playing Rezzers was because I need a good uh, emissary of fate. I'm going to go with the bird and I want something for the bird. I'll get Reba too. This this goes fantastic with it. I don't how, know. How many times if, have you curb stomped this event using this crew? 
No, I've only got to play it a couple of times. Okay. And, and opponents don't usually enjoy it too much when you say, here's my current emissary. But um, Conflux of the Reaper, I think it's really good for her. I think it does. It does. It works a lot into this. I don't know if you could get Conflux of the Reaper on the Emissary of Fate because you can get other things on it. The Zero is good, but it's not fantastic. Carrying a Corpse might be situationally fantastic, but And also you know I've what? noticed it's... a lot of people using the carry-on emissary are also fine with just putting the one that affects minions on it, the free one, because there's a lot of minion usage in Rezzers. There is a lot of minion in Rezzers. I also like giving him the... Uh... Which is the name? The one Soulstone cost one. My little helper. I yeah. love giving him my little helper because he's not living. So technically, when he dies, it doesn't drop a corpse. Well, now it drops a mindless zombie. And yep. also, you have it the first turn. He goes first. Uh, puts the shard so that no one can charge it. Second turn, you discard this. You get two cards, and also you cannot attack it. Fantastic. The current enemy sorry at that point. It's super happy. Yeah, it is. Can, can drop four shards if it needs to. I don't know if on an event where I don't have to take the 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 emissary of fate upgrade i don't know if i could take it over my my little helper i think the only another reason why you want not take it is because uh you have other models taking the maximum number of my little helpers <laughs> that could be that could be a way because my little helper just seems like one of those upgrades of like hey this person has a, an upgrade slot why is this not in here it's it should be here it's like the imbued energies for resers it is it is so with all of that we are finished going over all the resurrectionist stuff for broken promises and i really like what they've got as someone that just like occasionally plays resers this makes me want to play them a lot more Yes, like this This makes me want to put more Reba on the table more times. And unfortunately, Derek cannot join us. It appears that he was misplaced by a certain doctor while within guild custody. We will continue the search for him, and may God have mercy on his soul. Let's all pray for, for Derek. And before you go, let's talk about uh, the... No, no. First, we got our tongue, we have contact information up. first, Flynn. Do we <laughs> have contact? <coughs> I need a cough first. <coughs> that was a little bit too funny. Hey, you want to get a hold of Lecturnos from the Breach? Tell us some things you enjoy, episodes we should do after we get done doing all of Broken Promises, because we're excited about it and we feel like people should know about it. And it's really easy episodes to make. <laughs> Let's be honest. And to be honest, we take we read the book for an for two hours and we call it a day. There's not much thinking that goes into it. We have an email, lectureness from the breach at gmail.com. Reach us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash breach notes. Twitter at breach notes. We're on SoundCloud. It still exists. We have an RSS feed that comes out of SoundCloud, it comes out of iTunes, and it comes out of Stitcher. So if you're using iTunes or Stitcher, you can get directly from there. Otherwise, use your favorite podcasting app, like I use BeyondPod, and just plug in the RSS feed. Enjoy it from there. And until next time... Study up. Study up! The music used for this podcast is Oppressive Gloom and the Mist by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. The music is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.